This is Rainbow Six Radio, bringing you... The Next Generation Podcast for talk, news, and information for all things Rainbow Six. Hey, and welcome to Rainbow Six Radio. I am Icy Cat, along with Cap Dan, here to talk about what is going on this week with Rainbow Six. So, Cap Dan, you were not with us last week, uh, as we had on Nini Bobber. Uh, but we yeah. are going to be discussing a little bit more about what is coming up with the upcoming, uh, you know, the release schedule for what's happening in the Invitational that's coming this weekend, as well as uh, mm-hmm. kind of the leaks uh, that were gone over and what we can expect out of them. Um, so yes, that's sir. kind of a, the, the next big thing that's happening. And the reason is, yeah. of course, not just because of the pro league scene, right? But also because that's where we're going to find out all the official information that we kind of haven't gotten, uh, you know, the most of the, the lowdown on yet. Now, in previous seasons, they've kind of done that differently. At the Invitational, they'll kind of release everything all at once between um, the like the the round before the finals and then the finals itself is sort of that cliffhanger event before the final matchup begins as they'll kind of show everything coming up for the year ahead. And this time they're breaking it up a little bit. Um, Splitting it. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday, they're just going to tease the, um, the first season. And then on Sunday where traditionally they would have revealed everything then because they'd already shown the first season, they're going to do the year five roadmap and kind of what we can expect on the head. So that's interesting. What do you think about them changing that format up a little bit? You know, I think as a business plan, it makes a lot more sense because why give all of the information at one time so people are just like, oh, yeah, I don't care about Pro League, but if I want to know about what's going on next year, all I have to do is pay attention on Sunday and just have it on in the background. Now it's like you have to have it both days, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so I think kind of splitting it up, it's, you know, while it's different, I feel like it is going to make people watch more and maybe, maybe in their mind, they're like, this is going to give us more views. You know, it's going to bring us even more on the map. People are going to be like, oh, that's a cool game, but I I don't know. That's kind of what I feel that makes sense to me. No, that's, yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. I, uh, I was thinking that maybe it was because they sort of had like almost too much information to pack into one panel because they typically do these as like you know 25 minute reveal panels or whatever right right and so maybe this year they were just packing in so much that it was going to be like oh there's just too much to cover so let's just sort of split it up but Mm -hmm. i think what you're saying makes a lot of sense you know and far as far as uh you know maybe maybe kind of both things apply and it's like this is also a good way to kind of get some of the uh, viewership up because there's people that are all about the pro league and then there's people that maybe right. tune in just for that portion to find out whatever the latest stuff is. And this mm-hmm. might pull them in for a couple consecutive days and keep them watching more. Absolutely. Um, I also know that there is a couple people that were saying um, some of the devs were tweeting that this is, you know, one of the biggest. There's going to be a lot of changes. Um, they're going to try to fix a lot of things that people have complained about. Um, so, yeah, that also makes sense that if there's so much content, you can't get it all in one 25 minute session. There's going to be, you know, a bunch of stuff just for, you know, season one. All of these things are going to change. And then, OK, now that we've got all of that out here is all the awesome things that you're either going to love or you're going to complain about in 10 minutes (laughs) 
you know, as we just kind of, you know, think about what that's all going to entail, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, we also this week had the first official teaser for what that season's going to be, didn't we? Yeah, so um, we actually had two teasers. Um, I think it was yesterday and on Monday. Um, so the new season is going to be titled Operation Void Edge. Sounds and like Space Force. <laughs> it doesn't it? You know, it, it's ridiculous. And it kind of makes me nervous that they're, you know, I know in the last episode, you know, kind of talking about how things are turning a little bit more new wave, um, which is sort of scary. Like, I, I mean, I guess not scary, but I, I don't want this game to be some sort of like Call of Duty. You have these like mech you know, suits of armor that you're going to be able to run on walls and, you know, <laughs> jump buildings and stuff like that. But I think it'd actually be, you know, some sort of, you know, void is empty space, you know, nothingness. Um, so on the edge of nothingness is, I don't know, that, that to me that kind of makes it seem like, you know, there is definitely going to be some sort of dark space thing, maybe, who knows? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and you know, just the image of what that was is kind of just like it kind of even sort of looked like a black hole. Um, yeah, kind of. You know, in the back in the background of that. Um, so what do you what do you think of the name Operation Void Edge? Um, well, I cringe a little bit in thinking that it could be something like a space force or uh, mm -hmm. something like that. And some other people had I forget the names of them, but some people on like, you know, Reddit and, um, you know, some of the other places were posting some theories on what the operator badges might be because they did release a teaser image to go along with that as far as right. what the operators look like. And mm. um, first of all, uh, the the girl, we know her name is uh, Yana now. Yeah. Um, she uh, she looks like like Raiden from Metal Gear Solid. I mean, right. she's just like some mm -hmm. total anime character kind of a thing or whatever. But Absolutely. Um, she has like this badge that you can almost sort of make out on her uniform. And somebody's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's like, I'm going to slaughter this and get it completely wrong. But somebody's like the Ukraine space security brigade or something. I don't know, whatever it was. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm sure I'm getting that totally wrong. But like, so somebody else was saying like it, it was maybe something like that, that there was a stripe on the patch that there was also a stripe on this other actual thing and maybe it's part of that. And, um, mm -hmm. but it makes me worried as you say, you don't want it to turn into some sci-fi mech thing, you know, yep. like Titanfall kind of characters exactly. or whatever. That's not why I'm playing this game. Right. And I think that some operators have already sort of stretched that credibility. Um, uh -huh. you know, like, uh, I know, our, our last host, Neely Bobber, was kind of like when he saw Wamai with that magnetic uh -huh. disc thing. Yep. And he's like, what is this? Other people, mm -hmm. when they saw Alibi with her holograms, yep. and apparently Yana does something with holograms. But, uh -huh. you know, when they saw that, they're like, what is this sci-fi stuff? So mm -hmm. it does make me worry for that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, you know, it could also be, you know, how they're talking, um, you know, new map you know, I obviously am hoping for two new maps, but that's besides the point. Maybe the new map instead of like, because I've also heard people, you know, say things about like, oh, is this going to be like a you're already in space kind of thing? It's like, what did they just, you know, fly, you know, 10 different operators? Well, and up to what this would space the Space thing? Force do? 
right? Exactly. Like right now, exactly. the concept of, of the U.S. Space Force is just that they're going to be like essentially like the, the command and control people that like watch what's going on with the satellites and stuff like that. And there's more to it than mm-hmm. that. But it's mm-hmm. it's not like they're like flying up in like, you know, exactly. some some. Uh, you know, Atlas V launch vehicles shooting at yep. Chinese astronauts, you know, it's like, I mean, that's not what Space Force is. So, like, exactly. what could be a mission that they would actually even right. go on? Right now, it's mostly exactly. logistics. So, mm-hmm. uh, encounter mm-hmm. espionage and, you know, I mean, stuff like, or yep. uh, counter satellite, yeah. you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what would an operator like that even bring to the table? Who knows? Exactly, exactly. Um, but then also we have... Um, Hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Oryx. Um, and we have an image for him too. And I know, you know, um, season or the episode two, you guys were kind of talking about what you think his ability is going to look like. Um, well, we know what it does according to leaks, yeah, which yeah, is not yeah. official, but the unofficial mm-hmm. leaks um, do seem to tell us that his ability has something to do with bursting through bursting soft through walls, walls, like using yeah. his body to bash through, like yeah. the cover art on the game. Uh, exactly. But we don't know how it works exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, just looking at that image of him looking like he's about to take a running start just immediately makes me think of uh, the Juggernaut from X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like bashing through walls, running full speed and just running through soft walls. Um, Hence the nickname that people have given him of the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, But instead of a, Oh yeah. uh, You know, everyone's going to be screaming. Oh no. (laughs) And I I don't know. Um, But I think, I think this will be a really fun operator just based like in my in my mind what i'm just imagining you know being you you guys already talked about it but you know using his ability to change the map um you know as as defenders you know we have impacts and you know c4 shotguns and we have to use that sort of stuff to create whatever we need for defense and this this guy's ability is actually you know going to make it so that we still have those gadgets weapons and we can actually use them against you know like you said monty or blitz um you know something instead of just opening walls up and this guy can do it just by running through it and i think that's really cool so wait are you suggesting that not only can he maybe do something with soft walls, but against a target like a Monty that's sitting there all exactly. armored up, turtled in that's the corner, that, that he can maybe exactly disrupt that? I really think so. I mean, think about this. Huh. You know, um, if you... And I mean, obviously, this is a you know freak situation. Right. But think about Nomad using her ability... And then Monty is right next to it, and all of a sudden a defender goes and knocks him through the wall. Why couldn't another Oh, defender, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. couldn't another defender do that? You know, there you're someone is in um, you know, trying to plant or something, or I don't know, secure area, and you see him and he's not against a reinforced wall, and he can just run and knock him out, or you know. He's up against that wall, and instead of coming through the doorway, he can just blast through the wall, and he's right there. The person's watching the doorway, and he's coming from a completely different direction. So kind of like having a scenario where Monty 
is um, say say somebody planted the diffuser in the corner, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so Monty is now sitting on top of that diffuser in the corner, mm-hmm. and like you can't get at it, right? You and yep. as a defender, you're you no longer have anybody left with you know nitro cell or whatever exactly. to kind of deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just sort of stuck, and uh, then you have Oryx come in. And he doesn't even have to go through a wall to do it. He just charges him from the front and, and almost like, like like when Clash gets hit by a nomad. Yep. Like she's mm-hmm. got the shield up full, but she gets sent sailing. She has to get up mm-hmm. again. And there's that there's mm-hmm. that brief window of vulnerability. Exactly. I would really like to see that dynamic because Monty it's- is a pain in the ass. Exactly. (laughs) I was uh, immediately when this leak came out and I saw this in my head, I'm like, I have so many ideas for testing. So many ideas. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That Mm -hmm. is really cool. So that's Oryx. Um, Now we know even less about Yana, just Uh something to do with manipulating holograms. Yep. That could mean a lot of different things. It could mean a lot of different things. What, what, What are some things that you think it might mean? It, so I, I'm having a, a much harder time coming up with ideas of what would make sense because manipulating a hologram, if you think about Alibi's hologram, you can't see through it. Sort of fire and forget. Exactly. Um, you know, so as she throws out this hologram and, you know, let's let's just say that she can move it. Can she actually go into the hologram and see like you guys are talking about how it's kind of like a twitch drone um you know so you're actually in that um in the drone moving it around and that's the hologram actually running or walking or whatever but can you actually see that then is that being used as a camera you know, so is that giving you another opportunity to instead of just using a drone to like go into an objective, are you actually seeing from the eyes of this hologram? To me, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Right, because the uh, difference in in the height elevation of a drone versus exactly. what it's projecting up above it, you know, that, exactly. that five, six feet. I mean, like you wouldn't have that point of view because the camera's mm-hmm. down on the floor if it's a drone. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that might look like if it wasn't a drone? See, and that's that's the hard thing because the the way I'm seeing this is kind of like um, you know to nerd things out even more. Kind of like uh, in D and D, minor illusion. You can ca- you can take an object and you can make it appear. Major illusion. You can take that object and make it move. You know, you can't make it do certain things, but you can make it move. So how how are how are you going to be able to take this ability and actually make it move? Are you just going to be able to throw it out and it's just going to run in one direction, um, or are you actually going to be able to control it? And if that's so, can you make it go for a distance past what you can see? You know, can I make it walk around a corner and go into an objective or into a different room? Can I make it walk up the stairs if I'm on the first floor and make it go up to the second floor? Um, or can I just see, you know, I'm, I'm down this hallway. Can I make it only go to where I can see it? And then once it's out of my sight, I can't see it anymore because, you know, it doesn't have that drone. You don't have that point of view or that vision. Otherwise, you know, I'm just making it walk into a wall or is it going through a wall, you know? So I, I, I feel like this 
this one is much more difficult for me to wrap my head around um, as opposed to just like you throw it on the ground and it runs in a specific direction. So what if we're on the wrong track with this? What if it's we're thinking in terms of like because alibi throws a hologram. It's an an alibi hologram. Right. Mm. So we're assuming that just because she controls a hologram somehow that it's some kind of parallel. What if it's a completely different direction? What if the hologram isn't a version of herself? What if, and just roll with me here on this, Mm -hmm. taking a page a little bit out of games that do prop hunt, that prop hunt mode, you know, where you kind of go into the map and you hide as a prop and then they got to find you and shoot you. Mm -hmm. What if your drone can be the hologram of a prop? And keeps okay. your drone hidden. So you're not controlling a character hologram, but your drone can be disguised as an element within the map to blend in so that it can't be seen easily. And I'm sure that there'd okay. be counters with that. You know, like, for instance, if anybody brushed against whatever 3D object, you know, if it was a crate or if it was, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a, a sack of flour or a whatever mm-hmm. that it was supposed to be shaped like as the hologram, that it would like flicker and distort. And they'd be like, oh, that's not really a thing. That's the hologram right. of the drone. So what if it has nothing to do with emulating a player Actually, character model, but instead a disguise? More just an object. Yeah. Interesting. That is very interesting. Um, and then instead of, so, so the ability itself would be you have your drone and you can just turn a hologram on on top of your drone that turns it into some sort of object that, you know, like uh, if you throw it on the table, it uh, looks like a, a vase or a vase or something this is kind of what you're saying, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, that it, is interesting. Now, I think it would have to be like a super generic prop that uh-huh. would be found in almost any map. Because some props right. are only found in certain maps, but then you have mm-hmm. other ones like um, like a can of paint or, right. a, you know, a, a plastic bin or a, mm-hmm. a wooden crate or whatever that can be found in pretty much any map. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that might be a really interesting thing. It would almost have to, like, not have uh, a cooldown. Like, it would have to pretty much always be on because otherwise what would be right. the point even if you're not on it? Um, exactly. But then, like, obviously, if you're moving it around, you'd be like, hey, there's a moving can of paint. That's clearly not mm-hmm. right. You know, so, like, it's its right. own kind of, you know, distraction, so to speak. Interesting. Um, that could be, I don't know, kind of a That cool could idea. be very interesting, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so then, so then here's a counterpoint. Well, I guess not really a counterpoint, just a question then what would happen if, you know, Mozzie got his hold his hands on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- well, that's interesting too, because Mozzie can control a Twitch drone and fire uh-huh. the Twitch drone like Twitch exactly. can. So then, yeah, I think that Mozzie probably could, if that was the way the gadget worked, could probably mm-hmm. take advantage of that. Okay. Well, you've blown my mind today. Thanks, <laughs> We'll see you next time. <laughs> um, so from that, you know, as we're kind of talking about, so that's uh, the season one reveal. Oh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you your idea about Tachanka too, because we also oh, talked about that yeah. one. So we mm-hmm. know that his, because uh, Neil and I were discussing this last week, is mm-hmm. that he has uh, his LMG will now be his primary, much like Maestro. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So he will no longer be having that on the turret from the sound of it, but that he mm-hmm. will get a proper gadget and it will have uh-huh. something to do with incendiary or flames or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I wonder, what do you think that that might be? Because we don't know anything other than it has something right. to do with something that's incendiary. There's no specifics on that. 
I think the only the only thing to me that makes sense, um, you know, in respect of the Lord is to add kind of like Buck's key, um, a flamethrower. <laughs> okay. As as ridiculous as that sounds, I there's there's nothing that would make me laugh more and start playing Tachanka to just have a ridiculous flamethrower. So, I mean, obviously, okay. there's there 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 there's got to be something. I mean, I mean, he's already a meme machine, so why exactly. not take it to the next level? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, what is it, Villa? They have that uh, marble thing that if you break it down, it's a statue of Tachanka. Like, why not just add to that even more? Yeah, okay. Just give him a flamethrower. And we'll put him on a Segway with swords and uh, yes. little flappy wings and the whole nine yards. I mean, we're, we're, we're going space anyways. Why not just add, like, flamethrower Tachanka? I just, you know. Okay. <laughs> In reality, though, I don't know. Like, it, that there could be something to do with kind of like um, Capitao's you know, flame arrows or something. Um, I'm just actually ex more excited about how the LMG is actually not mounted anymore. I know uh, in the first episode, we were kind of talking about that, and I was saying that I thought that'd be a really cool idea, and the fact that it's actually happening is awesome. Well, again, through unconfirmed leaks, we're going to find out for sure this weekend what the deal mm -hmm. is. But, true, uh, true. you know, they were very credible leaks that have given us other details in previous seasons, which have turned out to be true. So this isn't just like somebody that photoshopped something and made up a rumor and is just trying to get, you uh -huh. know, uh, something unsubstantiated. Like they've got a proven <laughs> track record of things that they've said have come to be exactly like they said they were going to be. So uh, not confirmed, but very, very credible leak. So um, Captain wants a flamethrower. <laughs> Captain says, let there be fire. <laughs> <laughs> so as we think about year five beyond uh, yeah. what is going to be revealed for season one, uh, because then they will be covering that on that Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we then kind of get into, you know, what does that look like beyond that? So some things that we know is that, first of all, the year five launch itself will go to the test server immediately after the invitationals. So probably, you know, we've got the reveals that Saturday, Sunday, and then probably <laughs> like Tuesday, it's going to be on the test server uh, just, right. you know, a day or two later. And uh, mm -hmm. then it'll sit there for like three weeks. So we're anticipating that around March 10th is when March we can 10th. probably see it be done with the test servers and push to the live builds of the game for all platforms. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously season one will go live at that point with what was revealed. What mm -hmm. do we think, and we know far, far less about right. what might be in store for the rest of the year beyond that. Uh, real quick, I'll touch on a couple of rumors that we've heard, but they're yeah. super speculative and we don't have a lot of stuff to back them up. Some of them do come from the same credible source, though, but even okay. he acknowledges that these are ideas that even he's heard are kind of in the maybe stages. Um, but so uh, apparently there could be one operator coming in a consecutive season, um, possibly season two, uh, that, that's going under a code name right now of Slowpoke, something that uh, and it's just sounds like a placeholder name uh, from from what he gathered. But it's somebody that like 
has it, it maybe it's a foam or it's a goop that goes uh-huh. on the floor or something and it just it sort of like functions like barbed wire in that as you go through it you're slowed down but it's like a right. substance so you can't like melee it to get rid of it in two hits like you can with barbed wire right. um and if it's you know like goop or something like maybe it can be burned off with you know an explosive or something but you know otherwise it's kind of there <laughs> or that um so that that's one rumor um, mm-hmm. another rumored operator could be, there's some sort of a Kimbo operator that was maybe being uh, batted around that somebody would like dual wield pistols or, or something like that, or, or pocket SMGs or something. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I hope that that one is just like False. lives in the land of rumor because that just, yeah. that seems to me to be way too focused on a gunplay operator. Um, uh-huh. and it begins to feel like Call of Duty land for sure. Exactly. We don't need exactly. a Kimbo stuff in this game, I don't think, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that takes away from the st- strategy completely. That that just goes to that's a, you know, try-hard Ash or, you know, uh, spawn-peaking, terrible, I hate it. Right, right. Um, and there's been some other ideas that have been kicked around too. Um, mm. You know, we, we don't really know what the map might be. Uh, so yeah. last year, the first season was out back, right? That came with burnt horizon. Uh, so we got the new, the only new map of the year right away with the first season. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other three seasons were of course reworks. So yep. assuming they may follow the same rule set this year that they did last year, that season one would be the mm-hmm. new map. And then the consecutive seasons would be the reworks. Uh, although I do like your idea of season one and three being a new map and two and four being a rebirth, mm-hmm. that would be cool. But uh, probably Absolutely. probably not uh, as much as I might like that. Um, mm-hmm. So we know that this first season is being codenamed Operation Void Edge. Seems to have a possible sci-fi-ish kind of a twist to it or Space Force or who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sounding like it's maybe something at least more tech oriented because we know we're not going to be like blasting right. off in like asteroids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think if that first season is the new map, what might the tie-in be? You know, it it, it might not be obviously in space but it could be a you know a launch pad sort of space station on on ground or like you know the whatever whatever those launch pads launch pads are for actually sending you know astronauts into space um some sort of thing like that would i guess kind of tie into it or a mission control Um, building or Something. Yeah, mission control, or I mean, it could even be like instead of just airplane, it's the airport, or you know, um, military base. Yeah, it's it's a that little hard to speculate to me, on guess. on what it could mm-hmm. be because that would be such a such a different kind of a concept than anything we've seen in the game so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope, and I did mention this in our first episode when we were just talking about like what kind of map types we would like to see eventually. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I would love for it to be something kind of like industrial gritty you know not something like i feel like we've had um a lot of like maze like maps uh you know between Mm -hmm. villa and fortress and some of these you know and even Mm -hmm. like theme park in its uh especially in its first iteration uh and to a lesser degree in its second iteration uh you know like these serpentine labyrinth kind of maps um and i'd like to see something 
that has a little bit more of an industrial feel to it, heavy machinery, catwalks. You know, I had talked about this in that other episode, but uh, yeah. And I feel like that could possibly be a good fit for something like what this season seems mm-hmm. to be kind of getting at. Yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like that would be a really, really fun um, map to play. Yeah. So, you know, we've got some hints as to what a couple of the new operators could maybe possibly be. Uh, again, I really mm-hmm. hope that a Kimbo one is like just a rumor and never anything that mm-hmm. comes to pass. But, um, you know, what would be some ideas of maybe some operator abilities that you wouldn't mind seeing in the game that haven't been explored yet? Um, I know you've done a video on a bunch of operators that you thought would be cool. Um, and I can't remember if we actually touched base on this in the first episode. I don't think um, so. But I really think that having a defender that could in one way or another use their ability to re-seal like a thermite charge or a habana charge seal or up a breach of, exactly seal up a breach um and it wouldn't it wouldn't be any sort of intense thing it would you know i would say it'd probably be considered a soft wall or even maybe um like a, a door barricade or something um but some sort of like foam that you throw it into this you know breached wall and it just fills up quickly and then hardens Yes, you can still shoot through it or something like that. But I feel like that would be something that somehow the game is sort of missing um, Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. You know, you think about um, secure area and someone has two thermite charges that go on uh, that go off and it's. 2v5 and two guys are the defenders uh one of them you know rook or something and the other is this operator you know and they have three ways of entry now and you know there's 15 seconds they're like okay everyone's just gonna rush in we're screwed and this guy just throws out two i don't know um canisters or something that just explode and foam just covers those two reinforcements and they have to like beat through it or they have to go through the main wall or the main door um, or they can like shoot through it or something. I feel like that would be a really cool way um, to change or at least to mess up certain strategies for. I could also see it being useful in bomb um, Mm -hmm. because for a couple of reasons, I mean, first of all, there's the whole, break open the reinforced wall and then throw down some smoke and plant right away. And if you fill uh-huh. that hole back up again, you sort of deny that tactic, right? Yep. But also as a defender, if you manage to say they make a push on bomb a mm-hmm. and most of your defense for whatever reason seems to be centered around bomb B because that's what you anticipated and it just kind of uh-huh. didn't work that way. But the, the one guy you had in the other bomb site manages to drop the guy with the diffuser. And so diffusers in the other bomb room. Now, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, everybody can sort of go into that other room. And of course, what's the big tactic is to see is to connect the bomb sites. Right. Right. So everybody sort of converges on defense now centered around the uh, other bomb location. Uh Reseal the connector because now, you know, diffusers in this other room, they have to take this room now. So Mm -hmm. now we've sort of sealed that back up again. That could add a really dynamic gameplay element to that mode especially absolutely absolutely i think that would be a really really cool ability um i would really enjoy that one for sure well i've seen them do some things that have answered 
I think some really missing dynamics recently. Um, I mean, for the longest time, there was no way for de- defense to hold a reinforced hatch, uh, mm-hmm. except for a couple of ways where maybe you could get a mute jammer on, you know, laundry in, you know, the basement site or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they came out with Kaid with his uh, electroclaws, right? Yep. And so, so that sort of addressed that issue. And I was, I was yep. so glad to see that. Another glaring one that I always felt was that I, I wish that defense had better ways to make holes uh, mm-hmm. Because attackers can make all the breaches and make all the holes yep. and like alter the the site layout by how mm-hmm. they breached, but defense had to do it with shotguns, uh, you know, yep. or or sacrifice their nitro cells or impact grenades, or impact and then they grenades, couldn't yep. use them on shields, um, mm-hmm. you know. So so now with Oryx coming and his ability to sort of break through walls, I feel like that's mm-hmm. sort of hopefully going to address that deficiency. So Absolutely. I'm glad to see that. So when it comes to an operator ability that I would like to see that I think is a little deficient, I'm glad to see that they're addressing some of the ones I felt have been there. Mm-hmm. One I might like to see is I feel like defense has a lot of camera intel. Uh-huh. And offense it can be a little little rough for that. Um, certainly if Dokubi hacks the cameras, they get access. Oh, yeah. Right? So, I mean, that that kind of deals with that. But I'd like to see an attacker that has uh, a kind of drone that isn't like, like Twitch is an offensive drone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, and I mean, it's meant to shoot or disable gadgets. And if this new attacking operator, Yana, has a drone that somehow projects a hologram, like, like that's a, that's a, you're using it in the action, Right. Right. But I'd almost like to see one that's meant to be more like like sort of passive. And, and if it's used in that way where I said it's like disguised as an illusionary prop that could sort mm-hmm. of address that issue. But I wouldn't mind seeing some variations on attacker cameras that maybe aren't necessarily drones. Right. Uh, one operator idea that I had come up with was one that could be like a drill that would drill into a surface and then the camera would get pushed through almost like a snake camera. Right. Yeah. And uh, this, and it could go through a reinforced wall or it mm-hmm. could put it on a floor if you were above the objective or whatever. And it would be the other side of it would be bulletproof mm-hmm. because obviously if you saw the camera, you just turn and shoot it as a defender. So it would be bulletproof, right. but it would not be explosion proof. So if you threw an impact or a nitro or something like that, mm-hmm. it would destroy it. You could blow it up. You just couldn't shoot it. Um, yeah. And if you got to the, if you got to the backside, like there would be a camera housing there with a blinking red light on it that would be very uh-huh. visible. So if a defender got to the other side of the wall, they could shoot it from that side uh-huh. easily. Um, but then there would be a camera that could be on site that uh, isn't a drone. It, c- mm-hmm. it can't be moved around. It's in a fixed mm-hmm. location. And to further kind of give it some limitations like it goes through and it has like a wide angle lens, kind of like a Valkyrie cam. Valkyrie cam has a very uh-huh. wide angle to it. Yeah. But it can't be panned around. So it's I kind like of like that. a deployable camera for defenders that way. Like you stick mm-hmm. it to the wall and the view it is, is the view you've got. Yep. You can't move it around. So mm-hmm. this would be a limitation on it is that, yes, it's bulletproof, but it's not explosion proof. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't shoot it from side A, but if you can get around to side B, a bullet will shoot it or, you know, melee right. it. Um, and you can't move it around. It's fixed like a deployable, you know, so like it has these like counterbalance points to it. And obviously uh-huh. things like mute jammers would disrupt it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think what about that pinging enemies. 
would it still ping just like everyone else or i mean i think why not there's mm-hmm. you know i mean all the other cameras do um mm-hmm. but i just think it might be neat to see an attacker get something that's intel related for cameras but isn't just one of these sacrificial drones because the drones get shot all the time exactly and uh because most of the time when you play with people you can't control them pinging it uh-huh. And, like, you can tell your teammates, if you're playing in a five stack and everybody's on the same page, you'd be like, don't ping on my drone, don't ping on my drone, and they won't. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, if you're queued up with, like, one or two friends and the other couple of people are random, I mean, they're going to be tagging on Nine your camera and giving it away. They're yeah, tag on your drone until it gets shot. Exactly. Another thing that I think would be sort of an interesting one that I would like to see is, and this is coming up again because we're exploring, like, what do these operators look like as far as are their abilities somewhat sci-fi-ish or, you know, is it going mm-hmm. too far in that direction? And I feel like there's more abilities that we can explore that can get back down to the basics that yeah. haven't really been gotten into without getting into these dumb sci-fi potential kind of concepts. I don't mm-hmm. want to say they're dumb because maybe maybe whatever she does with holograms is really cool. But right. um it's or, or, a lot more techie than just like, you know, some like some Sledge's sort of hammer exactly. or Ash's exactly. breaching launcher. Right. Exactly. So some other ideas that I had come up with is just what if you had an operator that had a launcher like Ash, but instead mm-hmm. of an explosive breaching charge, it did an area of effect like CS gas. You know, so pepper okay. spray or whatever, right? Uh-huh. So it's it's a launcher like Ash. It goes into the room, a pepper spray launcher or an uh, you know an OC gas canister, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. They go buy some different things depending on the chemical compound that's loaded in them. But this is a real gadget that law yeah. enforcement uses, right? Absolutely. To deal with a siege situation, exactly. When you have an embedded bad guy that won't come out. And you uh-huh. got to dig them out. That's what they mm-hmm. use. And like that has never been in the game. Um, right. So like it almost feels like, duh, why not? Um, right. You know, so like have it where uh, the idea that I have is that it would the charge would not necessarily detonate on impact. Like Ash's mm-hmm. launcher hits a surface and it digs in and that's where it yep. goes. This mm-hmm. would be a canister that would bounce like a grenade. So right. if you fired it at a door jam it would deflect bounce. in and you could sort of bounce mm-hmm. it into the room that way or bounce it into a corner that way. Right. Um, but you could, it would be harder to necessarily get that precision hit with it, but it's an area of effect. So you'd right. have this gas cloud, almost like a smoke gas grenade that would go off. I don't think it would be mm-hmm. like that thick soupy yellow. I think it'd be more of like uh-huh. a kind of a hazy clearish sort of a substance. Uh-huh. And then I feel like the effect that it would have would be sort of like when you get hit by the echo blast and your yeah. vision gets really swimmy and disoriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be sort of like if you're in that cloud, it does that. It doesn't mm-hmm. cause any damage. Right. It just disorients you and makes everything right. kind of move around. So yeah. I and like that, that would be actually. a grounded real world basic gadget that they haven't mm-hmm. implemented. I don't know why that seems to mm-hmm. me like, why would this not have been like a year one or year two gadget? Yeah. But, um, it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's too easy. <laughs> but, but, but yeah. And is it, I don't know. Right. I mean, I feel like it's like, I think that would be pretty useful, but I, I agree. Um, I also think though, in certain situations, um, which is all, th- this is one of the things that I, I really like. There's certain Certain th- there's always a time and a place to use gadgets. Right. Um, so a gadget like this, um, as as much of a offensive advantage, 
Um, it could also create an equal advantage. Um, let's say you are trying to secure area. There's 15 seconds left. You know, you shoot the canister once or twice and you, you know, everyone's trying to rush in. Um, now everyone's disoriented. Right. You know, just so like, that, just like that, smoke, smoke and gas, exactly. his own team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I feel like that actually, the, the fact that that would give, um, you know, offense and defense, the same advantage, or I should say disadvantage. Um, but it doesn't do damage like smoke. Um, I really like that. I think that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be concepts as far as like maybe some operators on a wish list or a map on mm-hmm. a wish list. How about anything like, I don't know, new game new modes other- or new feature mm-hmm. or I, what would you like to see? Um, I mean, first of all, you know, I think we also talked about this a little bit too, but I think it would be really awesome to get a new event. Um, I know they do the Halloween events and those are, you know, whatever. Um, the, I, I always forget um, the one with Finca and Lion, that event, what was it called? Outbreak. Outbreak, yeah. Something like that. Uh, especially since this is, and I mean, now as, as much as I'm like, oh, we don't need like space stuff, but I think it would actually be really cool if they did some sort of, um, event that was like, uh, uh, you know, you have to shoot aliens or something kind of like you had to shoot those. Well, and you never mind when the events get a little weird. Because they're, exactly. they're just an event. It's like, well, if you don't exactly. like it, it's only around for four weeks. Don't play it. Exactly. You know, so I feel like events can be a little more playful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, what would you like to see as far as, like, an actual permanent gameplay change or addition or mode or, I don't know, something? I think for me, and I know at least 20,000 other people agree with me, that I think we should just bring back old school Hereford. There you go. <laughs> I think honestly, and, and I am 100%. I, you know, they have my upvote too. Um, but I just like, I am so like Hereford base was one of my favorite maps. You know, the original one was amazing. Um, and I just feel like, you know, it's, it's just gone. Um, yeah. So right now, actually there is a petition on Reddit um, and there is at least 20,000 people that have upvoted this petition to bring back old Hereford. And I am 100% for it. Um, I don't know about you, Icy Cat, but I would love to play old Hereford. Yes, I have special history with Hereford. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I've told you this before. So this is an old story to you, but for the audience, uh, they may or may not know, uh, depending on how long they followed my YouTube channel and, you know, maybe what they are aware of. But I was actually part of the first um, externally broadcast Rainbow Six tournament event ever held for the game before Mm -hmm. it even went to beta testing. Uh, It was called The Road to Montreal, and they brought in 10 of us to test the game for a week, and I was part of that event, and we did a tournament at the end of that week, uh, two teams of five, uh, where we uh, played against each other a couple times, and then the winner of that best of three played against uh, a, a dev team for a final match. And our team, Team Tactical, swept we, we never lost a round. Nice. Yeah, it, yeah. it was it was flawless. 
we never lost a round. And I'm not saying it's because I was so amazing. Like, you know, I did my bit. <laughs> I did my bit. Um, uh, but uh, the, the whole thing took place on Hereford. So mm-hmm. old Hereford, or just Hereford base, has a special place in my heart because that entire tournament only took place on that map. And it was mm-hmm. the first external, you know, non-internal dev test. It was the first mm-hmm. external publicly played uh, and by public, I mean that we were invited as non-employees to play it, uh, event that was put on for Rainbow Six before the game, months before the game was even released. Uh, and I had so much fun playing that map. And to me, that map will always symbolize the the origins of Rainbow to me. In fact, Absolutely. may have been actually the first map they ever prototyped. Really? Um, I... I don't know if it was actually the first or one of the first, but I know it was definitely like one of the earliest maps that they did. Um, Maybe there was other ones they started, but that was maybe the first one they finished Mm -hmm. or something. It was like, but it was definitely like one of like this, we are starting this game with this kind of a thing here. And it Uh went through many iterations. Um, For instance, a little bit of trivia. Uh, The reason why on old Hereford, for those of us that remember playing old Hereford, because it's been gone for a little while now, but mm-hmm. um, on basement objective, there was that little half wall that you could breach. So you could yeah. breach it, but you had to kind of like crouch walk into it. Well, yes. that used to actually be a tunnel that connected all the way back to that spawn that you would first start in. So defenders could really? spawn in the field out there and they could run it through the underground tunnel because there was that hillside that was there. And then you'd go uh-huh. around the hillside with the gate and like the piles of the the crates tires and tires and, and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and you go around that hill. Well, you, this tunnel used to actually go through the bottom of that hill. So you could go to the okay. outsides to go to the outside mm-hmm. of the building, or you could take the tunnel and go straight into the basement from that spawn. And it was like this tunnel that you had to run down. Um, and this was before I ever played it. So like, even mm-hmm. when we were playing this, um, the map that we played, even though it was months before release, was pretty much the Hereford that came out that everybody saw. So I never okay. got to play this version of it, but it was yeah. one of their early prototypes was like that actually connected to a tunnel. And when they decided to, uh, we're not going to do this after all, they left the opening there and it remained as that half breach wall thing as sort of a leftover. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so, awesome. so a little, little bit of trivia of where that came yeah. from. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they did like a million iterations on things to change and whatever, but that's, that's why that half wall kind of was there. That's so, awesome. Uh, yes. Old Hereford, please bring it back. And I know a lot of people are going to say like, well, they redesigned it. They made the new Hereford map. Old mm-hmm. Hereford was bad because it only had one stairwell. It wasn't balanced. Yeah. There's a lot of maps in the game that aren't balanced, but they're mm-hmm. still fun. I'm not saying exactly. it should come into ranked. I'm exactly. not sh- saying it should be used in pro league, but people would love it in casual. People would exactly. love it as an event or custom map. Uh-huh. And this at whole least, at least give us that. You know, at least give it to the custom map pool. Yes. At least then people can be like, you know, you can still play Bartlett in custom. Why can't but you, you know that you know the argument you know the argument yeah. data limits yeah. they, they said we were taking out certain maps because of data uh, limits and yet well get rid of bartlett but but see the thing that you're forgetting and everybody else forgets is they haven't actually taken out any of the maps that they say this applies to you right. can go play old hereford right 
now it exists as the first situation situation that's so true. the map still exists on your hard drive and people say mm -hmm. oh well there, you can't go over the entire map there's areas that are blocked off yeah they're blocked off but you can stand in the opening of where it is and you can still see around it and see that the mm -hmm. room still exists beyond the block barricade like right. the map is still there in its entirety just yep. because they put a fence on a door or you know a pile of debris mm -hmm. in front of it mm -hmm. So like the map still lives on everyone's hard drive. It's still there. Just let us play it. <laughs> right. No, I 100% agree. Um, like Hereford for me was actually the first map that I actually memorized everything for all of all of the cameras, every location. It's the first map that I was able to be like anyone says something about that map and I knew exactly what they were talking about where they were um you know there's certain maps now that I still like have to be like wait a minute what is what's that room where are we but like you know with Hereford it's just pure nostalgia it's pure fun um I love it bring it back let's get this to 20 million upvotes <laughs> 20,000 isn't enough huh 20 million. Um, <laughs> okay. And a flamethrower. And a flame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that would be an, an interesting thing. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. I do love that, though. I would definitely Absolutely. be all about that. I think the, the feature that I might like to see and I mm -hmm. think is totally never going to happen, <laughs> but I would love to see it anyway, uh, is a rework for terrorist hunt. It doesn't even have yeah. to be a major overhaul, but mm -hmm. like, what if you just did something so simple as just say attackers and defenders can play together on any game right. mode? And you'd be that like, oh, be well, you know, that, that would be all kinds of crazy different gameplay. You know, attackers are meant for one thing and defenders are meant for another thing. It's terrorist hunt, it's PVE. It doesn't right. matter, you know? And the other thing is, like, there would actually be very complementary ways of playing the game. What good would Castle be on a uh, classic terrorist hunt? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You can reseal up the areas that you just cleared so you know you're not going to get flanked. Mm -hmm. What do you mean, what good is that? That that has a value. Well, Absolutely. there's some operators that would have no purpose. Uh, Yeah, how about Jackal, who currently serves no purpose now that there's not even bombers to track anymore? Because that was the only thing right. he could track. How only about, thing he could track. How, how about Dokabi? Tell me what Dokabi's purpose in Terrorist Hunt is. Yep. She doesn't have any. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you still shouldn't be able to play the operators. Because exactly. people use Terrorist Hunt as a warm-up, right? Yep. Uh, Some people. Mm -hmm. So when they, they want to warm up a little bit with the operators, and if the only mode you can do that in for the defensive operators is the protect hostage mode, you're not getting the same kind of an experience. You're not getting that free roam of the map to run around yep. and engage. You're kind of limited to an area. And if you stray too far from that area, things are going to go down and you're not there to respond to it because it's all centered yep. on the defense of the site. And absolutely. It doesn't allow you to really properly reflect the roaming characteristics of the defensive operators. Um, unless you're playing with a five stack or something like that. But if you're playing randoms, it just turns to a crap show real quick. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's not a real great way to kind of flex those defensive operators modes in, uh, you know, the, the terrorist hunts because um, they, mm -hmm. they only have one mode as opposed to the three offensive modes. Yep. Plus, I don't know if you remember or not, but when the game first launched, they teased the, the base CTUs 
and they showed these are the FBI operators, and they had Pulse and Ash and Castle and Thermite coordinating an assault on House together, the four of them taking out terrorists. Right. And it was like, yes, mm-hmm. that was epic. That was cool. They complimented each other. And then they showed mm-hmm. the same thing. They were Twitch and Doc and Monty and Rook were assaulting Consulate. And, you know, like they were supporting each other. And like, oh, Twitch went down and Doc fires the, the stim pistol through the hatch to, you know, pick her back the up bio, again. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, like in PVE, the, the fantasy of the game is counterterrorism and they're uh-huh. a counterterrorist unit. So why not allow them to work together? That was part of the Absolutely. original fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Just that one change of allowing attackers and defenders to play together only in terrorist hunt would be so cool. Absolutely. I totally agree. Okay. So that's sort of things that we're hoping for in mm-hmm. this upcoming year, and who knows if we'll get them. In this week, we may see some possible teases over the next day or two. Um, so there may be another, you know, I don't know, a little teaser trailer or something coming up. Uh, last season that they uh, teased just before the Pro League reveal, we got like some kind of like little trailer that showed uh, Kali's sniper rifle and Wamai's gadget. And it was like the, the two things were combined into one trailer that launched two days before Pro League. And it was kind of, it's very much changed how um, we kind of think about how they used to tease it. Because in previous like I'm thinking previous years, not recent seasons, um, uh, you could expect to see a couple of weeks before a new season. They'd be like, oh, here's a teaser pick of a new map. What does this mm-hmm. pick mean? It's just, it's a texture on a wall. What does this mean? And oh, here's, mm-hmm. now here's like a part of a sign of a thing. And is that part of a patch for a CTU or a nationality of a country or, you know, like, right. and you get these interesting little things like, okay, where's this going? Oh, that looks like it's the magazine of like an M4 or that looks like it's a rifle stock of an AK-47 or, you know, whatever. I don't know. But you mm-hmm. get these like little teases and then you'd be like, oh, and then they build on it. Now here's some kind of a gadget. What does this gadget looks like it does? Oh, it looks like it's some kind of a, a, a launcher. And what does that do? Oh, that's Sophia's launcher you find out later. You know, things like this. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like build into like this escalating excitement of teasers. And they've done away with that. Right. How do you feel about that? I mean, as somebody that's kind of been with the game since year one and mm-hmm. watching the hype train for each season kind of come in, do you feel like that makes it like more exciting to find out because you don't know anything? Or does that make it kind of like like harder to sort of get excited for? Personally, I feel like it gets harder for me to get excited. Um, I loved getting those earlier teasers and be like, oh man, I can't wait for this to come. I can't wait to see what this is actually going to be. Um, you know, just, just opening up that fantasy so that you can, you know, visualize all these crazy things that could be in this game. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you're right. Other times you're not. Um, and, you know, other other things like that. And nowadays, it's just like, okay, here's the couple of teasers, and then we're just going to drop it all on you, and you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. Um, and I know I was kind of talking earlier um, in the first episode how this game sort of – or this, this last year um, has kind of just been like a grind. 
Um, you know, I, like nothing has been really exciting. Nothing has made me be like, oh, this operator is the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, it, so I, I feel like part of it is I, I don't have things to look forward to. So I'm not getting that little that little bit of sweetness and be like, Oh man, I'm going to hold on to this until the next thing. It's just like, here's your, you know, one clue, here's your two clue. And now here everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's just like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not getting hyped up for something, I don't care. You know, yeah. so if I'm not getting excited about it and it's not making me, you know, actively go out and like, you know, check the subreddit every day and, you know, what's going to what is it going to be? What what is it going to be? And, you know, if that's not happening, then part of me is like, eh, you know, I'll I'll start playing when when the new operators come out and see what's going on, I guess. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll probably so that's that's for me. But I, I know for other people it's different. But it, it makes me scratch my head a little bit because mm-hmm. this isn't the way, <clears throat> excuse me, that marketing and promotions typically tends to work. Right. Right. Um, the whole thing, like when you have, when you're an author and you're launching a new book and all of a sudden you're on all the morning talk shows talking mm-hmm. about your new New York Times bestseller, you know, pre-ordered book and uh, you got your new movie out. So your actors are on all the shows talking it up and your new primetime uh, TV show is dropping. So before every other show that you watch throughout the day on CBS or NBC or whatever, you're getting hit with like 50 million different promos for this show. That's, that's coming next month or is coming next week. And in three days mm-hmm. it starts and, and, and there's like nothing. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to sort of generate that hype and get that excitement going. And kind of all mm-hmm. there is, is the occasional leaks that come out. Uh-huh. And half the time, nobody knows if those are even credible or not. Um, right. And we have had this one guy that does seem to be somehow having some kind of access that that seems to turn out to be credible. Uh, mm-hmm. But if not for that, there would be nothing at all. Right. And it's like you want to, as a marketing and promotions kind of a thing, and I have some professional background in marketing and promotions, uh-huh. uh, but... It, you want to be generating hype. You want to keep that hype Absolutely. machine going, keep the excitement level high. Uh, mm-hmm. Always keep people going like, okay, what's next? You know, what can I look forward mm-hmm. to? And like, mm-hmm. you don't want to start that as soon as like season one launches, you're already promoting season two, like not that oh, far for out. Sure. But for like, sure. you don't want to be like radio silence until two days before. Exactly. You know, and I know you guys were uh, talking in episode two with Neely Bobber about how, you know, they were talking about, and, and, you know, they've been saying this from the beginning, they want to have a hundred operators, you know, they're talking about that and, and, you know, they were super excited about it at the beginning. And now it's kind of like, what's going on? You know, you're not, you're not hearing things, you know? So it, it kind of seems like, yeah, like the first couple of years, there was so much hype and it's it just like, is, is this game actually, I don't want to say this cause I don't want it to actually be true, but like, is this game actually dying? Are people not as excited about this as they used to be? And now the, the, the fire is, is instead of, you know, there's no spark anymore. The flame is dying. Is is that going on? Do you think, or is it? Do you think they're just using their resources differently? Because um, I know, you know, like they were saying in this season that there is so much 
content, you, you know, and that was kind of like what we were speculating in the beginning, why they're having two days to do it. Um, is it just like, they don't want get either they don't want to get our hopes up and be like oh there's all this new stuff okay well you know are you going to do this are you going to do this are you going to do this they're just like we're bringing you a bunch of stuff and maybe they don't they they aren't doing more leaks because they don't want to disappoint or i I don't know i think that if there is anything going on from that angle as far as like is is the fire dying a little bit I Mm -hmm. feel like it's probably more to do with the fact that they've shot themselves in the foot by not promoting, by not generating that hype and letting it be excited because they used to do it. Mm -hmm. It used to be a thing, and now it's not. Even the operator teasers themselves, like you used to get a teaser trailer for the new operator on attack and a teaser trailer for the new operator Mm -hmm. on defense. And then you'd get an actual trailer for the operator and an actual trailer. And this was before it even came out. Right. You get like a mini teaser and then you get a Mm -hmm. little teaser that would show a little bit more for each one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then same for the map. And okay, we're not getting a new map every season, but you know, even when they announced the year five roadmap and we know if three of them are reworks, you know, they could still be like, here's a texture on a wall, you know, we know right. that the next rework is going to be for, um, I don't know, house. house or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what does this texture mean? That doesn't look like anything we've seen in house before, or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. You know, you could still kind of keep that going. And it's just like these little, little bits and pieces of like, they know what the season is going to be three weeks before it launches. They don't have to, oh, for sure. they don't have to be showing their hand of promises they can't deliver three seasons from now. But, right three weeks before the season drops, they know what the map is going to be or what the rework map is going to be, or they know maybe we're not ready to show what the operator is, but look at this close up of a magazine being loaded into, you know, the, the, the pistol grip, uh, you know, and like, we're not even going to show you close up, but like, can you, can you tell just by that like little three second animation of the magazine sliding home? Like, and mm-hmm. people are like, Oh, that looks like, uh, the magazine for, you know, a, a P226 versus a magazine for, you know, uh, uh, Browning high power or whatever, right. you know, and you just kind of get that little, little hype train going. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, that stuff uses uh, resources, you know, and people will be like, oh, they talk about, you know, like the art team, you know, maybe doesn't have time to do all that. But if you don't invest and because I have a background that deals professionally with marketing and promotions, I know this is actually a Mm -hmm. slogan that says not promoting your product is like winking at a girl in a dark room. Only, you know, you're doing it right. You never get that message across. Mm-hmm. So if Pro League is your only delivery tool for that hype train and you're waiting every three months to deliver that on day of and next day it goes live, but you've spent no hype in the weeks building up to that. Right. You're 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 winking at that girl in the dark room and she has no clue. Absolutely. You know, so I, I kind of yeah. think that that's where, you know, that goes. Yeah. Um. I think one thing, you know, another thing that we could talk about until we're all blue in the face um is what is going on in casual matchmaking um what do you mean just so 
And maybe this is this is going back to one of uh, my wish list. Um, if I had one wish, I wish that they would fix casual. Um, I feel like as of lately, it's just so hit or miss. You know, some some games are amazing. You know, you're playing people that you can actually square up with, and you feel like it's actually a balanced game. Um, or you know, you get on with your five friends and you're playing all diamonds and a champion. And, you know, there's there's no balance anymore, it seems like. And it, it's, at least for me, what I've noticed lately, you know, certain days are better than others. Like, I feel like the weekends, it's always, and now it's also to the, the end of the season, so all the people that got their rank early on trying to save that uh, for next season or whatever and decide to just drop down to casual and just wreak havoc on all of us, you know, silvers and coppers and golds, and it's um, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just getting getting slaughtered by these people that clearly like are on a completely different level, um, but don't feel like they need to play um, the unranked matchmaking. Um, I also am just like the map pools, and this is you know going back to old Hereford. I feel like casual in general should be able to have more maps. Like no one is playing casual to be like pro league and no one is playing casual to, you know, get the ranked or unranked experience. You're playing casual for casual fun, you know, mm-hmm. or at least I would like to think so. Um, so, you know, taking maps out, like I get it, like everyone has that rotation and whatever, but I just feel like there needs to be more maps in casual I feel like you need to be able to pick, especially um, in ranked and unranked. One of the things that I really appreciate is you get to pick your defensive spot. Yes. And that's not in casual. And I, I feel like if they made that one small change, I wouldn't complain about anything ever again. Like you can give me. Yes, definitely. Uh, I okay. Let me just jump in on this because, like, I have so much to say about about a lot of what you said. But that point in particular, in so many ways, they've tried to make casual into like a light version of ranked, and it right. annoys me. It's like, oh, now we have the attack, defense, attack, defense. Now it's attack, attack, defense, defense. You know, and uh, oh, now ranked has map pools. Well, surprise! Now a season later, we're introducing it to casual. You know, and it's like. And all these like changes that they're doing, right? And they keep trying Absolutely. to make it like a little bit more like ranked, a little bit more like ranked, a little bit more like ranked. And it's like out of all the changes you could have made that rank has, the mm-hmm. one that I want you to do is to allow defenders to pick the spawn sites and you don't Absolutely. let us do that. Absolutely. And I think that um, another big thing that goes into why I feel that way is, okay, so like the argument, right, is that when you are new to the game and you're not experienced on what site is better than another site by not having that control over what site you're picking you have to learn how to deal with whatever might come up and i understand that argument but that shouldn't be the way the game gets played forever and ever and there's ways to direct that to a certain extent for instance like 
when you play ranked, if you, you know, like as you win the sites, like you can't pick them anymore. Well, you can yeah. still do that in casual. So uh-huh. if you win in, I don't know, kitchen bakery, now you have to take train room, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you can no longer pick that one, but you can still pick the three out of the four that are left. And then like, right. so essentially like, because there's, it's best of three, um, mm-hmm. that you, unless you hit overtime, you're not going to see another site pop up again, probably, mm-hmm. you know, that does drive me crazy that that happens so often, but this and whole, feel- this whole random pick thing, the problem uh-huh. with it is that first of all, I don't know what they're using for their random generator, but it, it's not random. It, it well, seems it, to always pick the same crap the sites. Same, yep. You know, we, we got the sinker site on this one and, oh, look, on our round, we got it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that happens a lot. If they're going to insist on being random, then okay, random, but within that cluster of not having one repeat. Or yeah. something like that. Or if mm-hmm. whatever you do for one team, then do for the other team. Because there's nothing like getting the worst sites randomly, and then the other team gets the best sites the randomly. Best sites. And it's like, <laughs> no. You know, and no. it's like, it should come down to more of like your decision influences that outcome rather than like the uh-huh. game forced the crap choice on you and gave the mm-hmm. great choice to the other team, and there was nothing yep. anybody could do about it. Mm hmm. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, carry, carry on. Um, I mean, that that pretty much is all I had to say. I just had to get that last little bit out. And I mean, you 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 pretty much finished that one for me. OK, that uh, you hit it dead on. So let me play devil's advocate on this. OK, what do you say to the perspective that says that? Yeah, it's frustrating being paired as a as a as a silver or as a gold getting faced up against um, high platinums, diamonds, even champions Mm. that that's how you learn that this is a competitive game. And that if you don't face people that are like that high above you, that you'll never learn those higher level skills and strategies and that you'll always be stuck on the same kind of tier you are because you'll never see how to improve. What do you say to that? Um, I say to that, do you ever see Michael Jordan in his prime, um, playing basketball against a middle schooler like Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, 100% against this middle schooler trying his heart out. And do you, do you see Michael Jordan? But what about the middle schooler that wants to be like Michael Jordan? Wouldn't he learn? I mean, you can also learn by watching and practicing and you get better by playing people of your level. And once you get better, you can play to the next level. Yes. And that is, I think, exactly where that needs to go. Like if you want to be playing on diamond and champion level, Mm -hmm. then you're probably like if that's your goal. Right. Mm -hmm. You're probably seeking out YouTubers that play at that level. You're probably seeking out watching the pro league matches and seeing how the pros play, you know, just like that middle schooler that wants to be like Mike. He's watching, you know, the big games on on TV, um, you know, and and buying the posters and reading the Sports Illustrated and following the stuff. Right. So, like, if you want to be playing up in those higher tiers, 
champions and diamonds and even, you know, the, the high plats, um, oh. that you're probably seeking that out. Exactly. And if you want to learn to get better, I think it's always fine to play a little above your level. Oh, for sure. But silvers finding themselves in matches against platinums, that's a little that's a more than just above your level. That's like that's like MLB versus, you know, the 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 Sunday school, you know, kindergarten team, T-ball yeah, team. Exactly. You know, it's like uh, silvers should never find themselves up against, you know, plat twos mm -hmm. and plat ones. And yet it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. And this is my my biggest beef with this right now. Is that, nice cat. <laughs> is that the way it's set up right now, Ubisoft's biggest defense of this situation occurring is that casual has hidden MMR matchmaking rating that is different uh -huh. from ranked matchmaking rating. In other words, when you are playing in casual and you see a diamond on the other team or you see, let, let's keep it even simpler. If you are uh -huh. a silver and you see a platinum on the other team, that yeah. doesn't mean that they're necessarily a platinum. I mean, they could mm -hmm. have been playing with a squad that carried them and they were just one of the five people as a gold that won a few matches, got in a lucky yeah. streak and they're not mm -hmm. actually a platinum. So that platinum mm -hmm. in rank doesn't necessarily mean platinum and casual. Right. How often does that actually pan out to be truth? Or how Not often very. does that platinum stomp the hell out of those silvers? Exactly. More often than not. Yep. Right. Then there's this whole thing that the way that they explain it, and they've explained it through their official Ubisoft developer accounts. Okay. Um, yeah, I've seen this on the forums. I've seen this on, um, you know, various developers will say it on the Reddit. It's been explained in different formats before is that because there's a different MMR system between the two, what will happen? And you see this is that in the beginning of a new season, people go into ranked because mm -hmm. they're competitive. They want to play this game in the competitive way. Mm -hmm. And the casual people that don't want to play in the competitive way playing casual. So in the beginning of a yep. season, things seem a little bit more distributed. Yep. So your aggressive players are playing it out in ranked and they're getting paired up against their level of aggressive players because yep. they're playing for rank. And mm -hmm. the people that suck at the rank, there's down in the bronzes and coppers and silvers or whatever, and mm -hmm. they're playing against their people. They're not playing against diamonds because ranked is good right. at separating that. Yep. Right. And so then what happens is that the people that have been playing in casual while that's going on are building up their casual MMR rating. So mm. a month goes on, the casual people that maybe weren't playing ranked at all have gotten these casual MMR stats under their belt, but it's all hidden. You can't mm -hmm. see what they are, but they've been accumulating wins and losses and KD and whatever's this whole time, mm -hmm. right? And then mid-season, your ranked players, they get about as far as they're going to get, right? Uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me. And... uh so they decide, okay, I've got my platinum. Now I'm going to bail over to casual, you know, like I've kind of gotten as far as I'm going to get. I'm not actually mm -hmm. a diamond player. So plat three is about as good as I'm going to get, or gold yeah. one is about as good as I'm going to get or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Right. So they go over to casual and now casual goes, oh, well, these people have never played casual before because ranks get reset every season. Stats and mm -hmm. MMR get reset every season. 
So now it's a month and a half into the new season and casual goes, well, these people have never played this game mode before. So clearly they're not that good. They don't have any accumulated wins, losses, KD in this mode, what have you. Right. And, and the other hidden factors that go into it. Um, and so they go, well, these people aren't very good, but these guys, they win about 60% of their matches. If, they were in rank, they'd probably be winning about 60% of their bronze or silver matches. Mm-hmm. But then these guys that are platinum and diamond come in and they're like, oh, well, these guys don't have any experience in this game mode. So this seems like a good match. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, they won one. Okay, good for them. Well, where does it still keep going? And this other team that just got stomped, well, okay. I mean, they win 60% of the time. So now it's 58% of the time. So they're right. still good. Like mm-hmm. you can't use that as your as your measuring stick for this. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You just can't. Somehow you have to factor in that if they're this good in ranked, that mm-hmm. when they come into casual, it's they're gonna noob stomp. Yep. So you always see at the back half of the season when they retire from ranked into casual, all of a sudden everything is this frustrating crap show that mm-hmm. now the, the the champions and the diamonds start showing up that weren't showing up in the beginning of the season, and they're right. just beating the snot out of people left and right. But because yep. casual is like, oh, these guys aren't very good because they don't have any accumulated wins and losses in this mode. It's like, oh, you've got to find a different way to do this. Absolutely. You have to. I agree. I know also kind of earlier um, in the earlier years, and, and I don't know if this is something that has changed, but I feel like we didn't have this problem as much um, in the earlier years. And I know we would, you know, play ranked for a while and then go back into casual too. And I felt like in the earlier years, we never really played as, as much as nowadays. Um, we never played like, you know, teams that were five classes above us. And like now it's like, oh, you know, we're all playing against diamonds and platinums like every other game, it seems like. So part of that is obviously what I was just saying. That's a Mm -hmm. big part of that. Mm -hmm. Another part of that is I feel the homogenization of the modes. Um, Oh, yeah. Because, yes, ranked only has bomb because it's the most competitive mode and it has the heaviest limited map pool because those are the most competitive maps. But Mm -hmm. once people get bored of that after a month and a half or two months into the season, they're like, Mm -hmm. "Eh, I feel like playing some different maps that I haven't got my hands on in a while. And they're going to come over to casual because there's a little more variety there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe these guys want to dust off some secure area or hostage and they'll throw that into the mix, you know, or they'll, uh, you know, so it winds up doing the same where like, you know, they get a little bored with the the, the limited uh, content that's available in that mode. And then mm-hmm. they can kind of go seek it out, too. So there's some of that effect. It's mostly that casual MMR versus ranked yeah. MMR that does not factor into each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be some kind of an accelerated um, like a ramping up a very mm-hmm. like if, if you're just inordinately dominating that there should Mm -hmm. be some kind of factors. And again, we don't know what all of the hidden MMR takes into effect because Uh it takes into account because they purposely keep that hidden. So people don't rig the system. 
Yeah, right? for sure. But whatever values it looks at, it needs to go, okay, these people are clearly dominating and we need to, to have an aggressive ramp that, okay, maybe we do have to start them off low because we don't know where they'll sit, but we'll mm. learn really quickly that right. these people need to be advanced higher, 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 as far as some casual MMR goes. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, I think we've put a lot into this episode of things that we're thinking about uh, as far as what is coming up in the year ahead and uh, in the new season. There's going to be so much to find out uh, with this coming weekend with the Invitational. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the next episode because we're actually yep. going to know what we're talking about instead of, mm -hmm. like, speculating what it might be. Exactly. And yeah. that's going to be really interesting. Um, so... You know, I think that next week's episode is going to be a really great one to kind of dissect what we're going to be finding out. Uh, I do want to draw uh, our audience's attention to a new platform for going ahead and following the show. So we've set up a Rainbow Six subreddit. Reddit is obviously a super popular uh, place for the Rainbow community, but I feel like the subreddit will give us a little bit more of a uh, platform to really engage in some heavy discussion with people and they can follow certain threads. Uh, we'll post the links to our shows up there in the subreddit. And um, I just, it's, it's a platform that I really feel comfortable in. So uh, make sure that Absolutely. you check us out over on the rainbow six radio subreddit. And that's six spelled out S I X, not the number six. So rainbow S I X radio subreddit um, and go ahead and follow us over there you can ask just join myself <laughs> we can uh we can talk with you over there you can ask either of us questions over there um there will be a community q a thread that will be permanently pinned up over there so if you want to have questions that we will talk about on the show uh that you want to submit and give us some things to talk about that you want to know uh put it there you know, we, we will choose some of those selections and uh, they will become part of future content. So you can you can be part of what we do. So check us out there and be sure that whatever platform you are following us on, whether that's Anchor or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, that you go ahead and subscribe to that show so that every week you you kind of come along for the ride. So on that note, uh, I think we will close out. And uh, this has been Cap Dan and Icy Cat bringing you the latest of what's going on in Rainbow Six. This has been Rainbow Six Radio. Be sure to tune in next time for even more Rainbow Six talk, news, and information.